<laughs> so you just finished work? Uh, no, I finished about half past five. And half past five. Busy day today. Oh, okay. yeah. I haven't had any tea yet, so can't go on. Yeah, same here. I need to eat. Oh, bless you. We haven't eaten either. I was like, we'll do it after the show. This is one. Of, this is the one things we need to organise somehow. It's just have, how we do this a bit easier. Anyway, guys, welcome to uh, this edition of the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Whiteley, and joined with me is the beautiful, ravishing-looking Shane Hinton. How's it going? <laughs> Hello, darling. How are you? You okay? I'm all right, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just completely creeped Shiny. our guest out. <laughs> the bachelor number one. <laughs> With us today is Susan from Penguin Books. Um, and uh, you are you are one of the... Are you the main organiser or is there a group of you that do There's it? There's a small group of us. So yeah. uh, to organise Shrewsbury Festival of Literature. The Shrewsbury Festival short, of Literature. Shorthand Shrewsbury Lit Fest. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, um, coming up very soon. Yeah, it is. And uh, we, we're happily taking part in this and spreading the good word about what's going on there. Um, before we get on with the show, I've got a couple of shout outs to say. Um, I want to thank uh, the guys at Web Orchard. You can see the nice blue yeah. uh, coasters. I asked them for one because it's a, it's a, it's a token of... Uh, I guess a bit like a serial killer. They like to keep, you know, tokens of things. <laughs> it's like a, it's a trophy. So what we got? We got a new sponsor. I can't believe Web you Orchard. just managed to make a connection between Web Orchard and serial, serial killers. Killer. That's I was amazing. Pretty bad, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a common thing. Okay, like murderers, they like to keep a trophy. Or We're supposed to be working with them, dude. You're, you're serial, not, you're, this isn't very conducive to, to a decent working relationship. Um, I, we've got. <laughs> What's this got to do with anything? I didn't yeah, know. This is what we do. This is what we do. Okay. Fine, fine. Uh, I'll carry on. Uh, I can join in. <laughs> <laughs> web, web, web Orchard are, are uh, they, they make webs. They're not serial killers. There are sponsors. You can't say. <laughs> I'm the guy that get the truth. Anyway, they're making us a website. They're really good at what they do. Um, they've got. They, they're the guys that run uh, Love Shrewsbury, um, Information Solutions, uh, anything that's uh, internet or web orientated. Uh, they're the guys to go to. We are going to make them a proper advert. We're going to be like this episode is brought to you by Web Orchard. Uh, in return for a, a really cool website they're making for us. And it is beautiful. It is a beautiful website. Did you see the thing I recorded? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaz was like, my wife... What's that, sorry? That's a beautiful website. Yeah, yeah. Not Web Orchard, sadly. No, not Web Orchard. Six ticks, but I'll just do a bit of promo for six ticks. If you've got if you've got a website out there promoting your thing, it's a, a thing of beauty, and, and Web Orchard have done that for us, so thanks for them. Uh, thanks for them. Thanks to them. Uh, also, uh, Shropshire Festivals as well. Had a really good meeting with them. We're going to be yes, working a that's lot. that's exciting. I am so excited. I don't want to go into too many details no. about what was said, because I, I've got this habit of just jinxing myself. I'll be like, yeah, man, we, we've got Michael Bolton coming on the show, and Michael and be like hey man I can't do the show I'm really sorry um, and you know I say these things all the time uh, just, so, just, so, for, so, just for the listeners record my head is <laughs> firmly placed on the mic uh, I'm, I don't know what it is I'm, I think it's that meeting today I'm absolutely buzzing I really am and I think you can tell um, so thank you to those guys. I'm looking forward to working then. And then, of course, finally, uh, to Pixie and to Carla for last week's show. Lots of positive yes. comments on that uh, about mental health. We talked a really nice, just warm, gentle discussion about that. And I really enjoyed it. We, we changed the tone. Now, on to our guest, Susan. A bit of an introduction about you uh, and uh, where you. what's your background with Penguin Books and everything? Where did that all come from? Um, I've been working in the book trade now for, oh God, I don't know, getting on for 30 years one way or another. Um, I like books. I've always been a book person, used to work in another independent bookshop. Um, 
and worked in the very sorely missed Wenlock Books for a year or so, uh, alongside setting up Penguin Books 15 years ago. So we've been going for a, a while now. Mm. Um, love books, didn't want to have a normal job. <laughs> thought holidays and pay were overrated, you know, so, um, <laughs> so I thought I'd get self-employed and um, start a bookshop and... Yeah, in in balance, it's been great. I don't really want to do anything else. So a few years back now, another friend came along and said, we really ought to have a festival of literature in Shrewsbury, shouldn't we? And um, You're like, yeah. I thought, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Sell books at it, I thought. Yeah. That was my plan. And um, so a friend and I, who, a uh, friend, who, Hillary, who used to work for me um, at the shop, but now works in another fabulous local independent shop, um, so we went along thinking we can sell books, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I ended up chair. That wasn't intentional. I didn't volunteer. I just ended up as chair of the group. And uh, now we're a small but beautifully formed committee who work very hard putting mm. this together. And this is year four. Wow, I was about to say, how long ago was this? So 2016, first year. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've kind of... Finding our place, finding our feet. It sounds such a straightforward thing to do. Oh, let's have a festival of literature. Let's just invite a bunch of fabulous authors and poets and um, other related people along. Um, and that bit is actually fairly straightforward. It's just everything else. Yeah. Everything else. We're very grateful to you guys for giving us a bit of PR here no, because no, no. it's um you've given us there's not very many of you. It's yeah. hard and you we all work, you know, so like you we all work. Um but to say this year we've got a a different different setup, a different feel to it feel to it well no i mean the format's the same anybody's been for the last couple of years will recognize you know we start on a friday evening we finish early on a sunday evening um it's usually 12 or so events um but i decided to try and go for a sort of different content wise so just just so we've got everything from mindfulness to cricket mm. um the arms trade to drag and uh, i don't mean racing well maybe i do if we're talking rupaul but <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't got rupaul coming don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> oh, <darling. laughs> so you sort of expanded it so it's not it's it's 12 events over just about say friday evening uh to the last event is sort of a late afternoon so, on the sunday um and trust me, that takes mm. massive amounts of organising. Yeah, yeah. Involving lots of people doing, you know, volunteers, lots of businesses giving us their time, um, lots of businesses giving us their money to support us. Um, and it's it's pretty fabulous. It's hard work. Um, What's the feedback getting, been like? What's the, what's... Feedback in the main is good. People enjoy it. People have enjoyed what we've done. Um so we're very keen for people to come along and see who we've got. We don't tend to head out for the big names. Yes, it's great to get a big name, you know, you get sort of your Bill Brysons and things like that. But in and of themselves, that brings huge amounts more work. Yeah. It's not that if yeah. Bill Bryson said, yeah, I'll happily come to Shoesbury for your little best, I'd be going, thank you, sir, come on in. You know? <laughs> um, so I wouldn't say no. But what I also, I'm, I'm fascinated by... Those people who have incredible stories to tell, and I don't just mean in the fiction sense, who've got r reasons for... <sighs> Very early on, right back in the beginning, we came up with this idea that um, 
we were interested, I've always been interested in how people come to tell the stories they tell. Mm. So where is it? Where does that come from? Whether you're writing, um, for instance, one of our novelists has picked up on basis of a true story and run with it about some mad old rich guy who wanted to con- contribute to science and um so we came up with this idea what would happen to somebody if they lived completely alone um without any contact with the outside world without being able to see the out- outside world just you know not allowed to do things as simple as cut your fingernails and things like that for seven years mm. like who the hell wants to know but Somebody did try to do this, and she's written a book about it. So we have Alex Nathan from Bishop's Castle, who's coming up to tell that story, not just about the book, but about why mm. uh, we've got... Um, uh, I is... love the idea that people, whether it's fiction, non-fiction, poetry, where does that come from? Yeah. How come you come to that point that you have that story to tell? So that's what we're interested in. So us telling the stories inside, which we kind of glibly put it, which is not glib at all, actually, it's really fundamental. <laughs> um, it's not only that, but at this time we've gone for different range of range of subject matters sort of quirky stuff um so we've got a lot of lesser known voices coming um who have just as important things to say yeah um, so yeah we haven't got patricia cornwells or ian rankins and things like that we've got alec nathan nathan alex nathan katrina davis and mike parker coming and you may never have heard of them but they've written amazing stuff so hopefully You'll come along and hear some of them. You've mm. got a very similar sort of outlook to things as as we've got. That's the, yeah. the whole reason we do the show. I mean, that's why I like speaking to <laughs> I like speaking to artists, and creators, like creators. Yeah. I mean, even if it's an independent, even if like yourself made a, your own business, yeah. you've got the you've had the mindset to go. Let's yeah. do something and yeah. let's go. I mean, in this day and age as well, like especially with I said, the mine te- was terrible. Sorry, to interrupt. Mine's terribly mercenary. I wanted to sell books. I'm a bookseller. Yeah, that's you, what pays you, my rent. You, you know, but, but yeah. so it's, it's what, more than that. You know, you, you don't you don't do what you do just because it's way of possibly earning money you do I mean, it because you want to do it and you love it so yeah train, over true to you, mate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> i love you susan you're great you it's, it's great here. i mean like but i mean that that's that's still in some respects a, you know a massive um you know a massive leap i mean anybody that, that creates something especially when they put it out into public domain is is is, is touch and go you think is it going to fly is yeah. it not you know and it's a brave thing to do it's I mean, about, you make you, yourself vulnerable by putting yeah exactly putting your words down and it's like because it's not just your words no author will say oh i just wrote this story, yeah just, you know, just, just wrote it because i felt like their it yeah blood sweat and tears yeah. into it it's know. usually a long drawn out process oh, as well and when it, for it you is. i mean especially in this day and age of the te- technology advancement and stuff to then take the leap of I'm going to sell books, which in some to, to some people, oh, I made that decision a long time ago. We're, we're, it was still moderately straightforward 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we hadn't had a 10 year long financial crash at that point. So. How, how is that? I mean, you know, because I mean, in in some respects, some people would be like, well, you know, it's why, why would you sell books? I mean, you, you know, you got Kindles, you got you got the internet, that kind of stuff. Like, you know, surely, you know, if I'm just saying that, you know, some people might think, sure, surely the uh, a, a, a bookshop it would be not necessarily the the primary kind of uh, career choice okay. you know okay let's just quickly get onto that one if you know what you want going online is easy mm. if you think i'm gonna go and get um let me think think of a book that's come out okay philip pullman's new book mm. secret commonwealth if you know you want that and you you're hard up and you want to pay 
very mm. little for it. You can jump onto a certain, um, well, there's a variety of them now, but the, we know mm. the main one, not going to name them, they don't need any PR from me. <laughs> you know, jump onto the website and buy that. If you don't know what you want, yeah. Go into going a on to that kind of site is really hard yes where do you start so and i mean i even feel a bit the same because my bookshop isn't very big um understatement of the millennium i love your shop by the way your shop is awesome (laughs) but if you don't know what you want to read how do you Mm. begin to search it's really hard to search online it's one dimensional you have to spend a lot of time you come into my shop and within half an hour, three quarters of an hour, you've had a look at a really broad range of um, genres, of of um, titles, of, and a lot of them won't be the usual suspects because you know in Shrewsbury we've got we're blessed with good high street bookselling, um, and the big guys can do it cheaper and mm. quicker than I can in a lot of ways but what they don't do is support the kind of people we've necessarily that we have coming yeah. to our festival of literature yeah. it's just and whose books I I promote I mean mm. independent book selling is about a number of things it's about this is going to be a very overused phrase these days but it's true it's about a carefully and personally curated stock I choose what goes on the shelves in my shop. I choose what goes on the shelves in my my shop. Nobody else. Yeah. Nobody tells me what to buy. Yeah. Um, so, and I, some of my reps are like, "Oh, but this is going to be a really good one." I'm thinking, I'm sure it's fabulous, but it's going, it's mainstream and it's going to be everywhere. Yeah. Tesco's will probably. Have, oh God, damn! I said that name. Tesco <laughs> twice will have it. So I, I'm I'm going to give shelf room to something yes. else. Yeah. Um, and. But the other thing is you can browse in my shop. The, the the power of browsing is hugely underestimated these days. Oh, I can just go and buy cheap. Only if you know what you want. If you don't know what you're looking for, how do you find suppose- out? You've got to look. And there's mm. nowhere better than doing that in a, than in a small or not so small independent bookshop. Yeah. Because we'll help. Mm. You know, we're there. I was just about to say, yeah. concept of what we call hand selling. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is really good. Have you thought about this? Mm. And not and my you, phone. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't get that online, can you? No. My, my sister's a librarian and she's done it all her life, yeah. you know, um, right from work experience at school. She's done it all the way through. Yeah. And she, now she's a branch manager. Yeah. You know, she, she runs an entire library. Yeah. And, um, and you know it's something which you don't get online um which is you know you can go into a shop and be like you know what i've read this book i really liked it i finished it um i, w- I want a book like it mm. you can't do that online no and whereas well, my sister there, there my, my sister element, can turn around and very, say well it's very algorithmy yeah, yeah. <laughs> to create a new <laughs> word it's, it's the same just, as like related yeah. searches isn't it that yeah. kind of stuff online it's just yeah. like you said it's very algorithmic but like to go to to somebody also, who yeah. actually knows the books yeah. like actually knows the books and the writers mm. will then be able to go oh actually have you thought of this one yeah. and it's it's much more personal touch and I've then, got like, you customers know. who come in and go right Susan what am I reading now mm. not many because they scare the living daylights out of me but they come in and I'm going Okay. And so I literally, probably out of every 10 books this particular person buys, I will have choose, chosen eight of them. Mm. Every now and then they know what they want and they come in and they pull it off. They find it, pull it off. But, you know, it's, so I present a little pile and go through them. I love that one. Oh, in fact, I love those too. And then they go off until the next time they come in. And it, it's a re- massive responsibility. Yeah. But then 
they come back and they go, I didn't like that one. I see why you chose it, but that's fine. I read it. Yeah. It's different. I mean, that's amazing. It's an amazing responsibility and it's an amazing honour to be able to do that for people, um, mm. to do that for adults, especially to do that for kids who, you know, often get sucked into a particular thing. So whether it's Rainbow Fairies or Horrid Henry or, yeah. or Harry Potter... Mm. We could do with a Harry Potter every year, I tell you. Um, (laughs) But you can actually sort of help them find, because I read a lot of kids' books. So I might be old, but I read a lot of kids' books. Mm. Um, So it's it's an honour. It's it's scary. Yeah, Um, yeah. But that's what I do. It's about finding, helping people find things they want to read. Yeah. You know, so... I I need to get back. I need to get back. back. I used to read a book... (coughs) You know, I used, to, I used to read so much, especially when I find like a series that I like. Say, if like, you know, you're going <laughs> to probably slap me on the head now, but like Jack Reacher, I like Jack Reacher. Um, I like, I just watched the Jack Ryan series on Amazon and I'm like, oh, I want to watch Jack Ryan. It, yeah. I really do like that. There's, he said the A word, did you notice? Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wash your mouth out. Yes. Well, at least you, pay, at least you pay. At least you pay your taxes. That's all I say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, no, um. I, mean, I think it's it's but it's yeah. I'm the same. I love to start book one. I mean, I've kind of ran out of time, and I've still got book seven of Game of Thrones. What's to read. the what, what, what? If you could think of one, the first one that comes to mind, the greatest sort of book series that you've read, would you say? Oh, that's a tricky one. We'll go around the table. This this. Don't ask me. <laughs> Mr. Men. Well, I have just... Uh, I was away for a week in Cornwall at the beginning of September and took a bag of books with me because books I've been trying to read but needing just that that sort of um, isolation to be able to sit. just sit and read. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the first night I... Um, and I'm not saying this is the greatest set of books I've ever read, and I can, I can go on about that for ages. But, most but I just, I just yeah. thought... I was upstairs in bed and I thought, oh, damn, my books are downstairs. Oh. I don't want to go downstairs. <laughs> I'm on yeah. holiday. I don't want to go downstairs. And so I just went into, I was at my sister's. So I went, because they were away, I went into the next bedroom and thought, oh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, that'll do. That'll keep me going till morning. And um, yeah, I read all seven in six days. Um, wow. I was on holiday. I can do what I like. And everywhere I went, I had one of them tucked under my arm. If you've looked my Facebook feed from that period, you'll see me with a pint and a Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, my God, how impressive. Because I have read them. I've read them all many times, but I've never read them like that. Mm. One after the other. So it's like one long story. Consummate storytelling. The woman is a genius as far as I'm concerned. Um, And she continues to produce incredibly amazing stories. Um, But that's one of them. I read, um, as I say, I've read six and a half of the Game of Thrones books, Song of Ice and Fire, as they're officially known. I haven't seen the telly. Yeah, we've got amazing, yeah. amazing stuff. But there are so many. There are so mm. many wonderful. Oh, my favourite. We did try and get him for Lit Fest, but he was busy. Um, a new writer. Well, he's not a new writer. A guy called Benedict Jacker who writes. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I slightly flippantly called them Harry Potter for adults, um, <laughs> which is is a disservice to Harry Potter and, and J.K. But it's also possibly you know a dis- disservice to to Benedict Jacker because they are brilliant. Yeah. 
and the, and the tenth one is out any minute now. <laughs> I can't wait. Our, our co-host with Austin, um, Tom, he likes the Dresden Files. Oh, I've got a pile of those wait, waiting yeah, to be read. I've read the first one. Very good. And they've got... Um, ben Aronovich. Ben Aronovich. <laughs> it's, unfortunately, this is, this is why stuff. I fall short on, on this subject. All fair. That's why you need an independent bookseller, I can tell you. This. Considering <laughs> my sister's a librarian, you couldn't get two polar opposite people in the same family because I don't read anything. And he doesn't watch programs people tell him to watch. I don't, I don't watch even watch programs. I, I, I'm a bit boring at that. But that said... <laughs> I'm um, sure you're not, Shane. One of the first... <laughs> I've actually nearly finished one of the first books, cover to cover, I've read for probably about 12 years. Oh, gosh. Well done. And that was because I'm reading um, Charlotte's Web to my daughter um, when I have her over, you know, on when I put her to bed. And we're reading chapter by chapter yeah. once a night. And I've nearly finished Charlotte's Web. And that's the first one I've done in 12 years. Best way to years. start reading again. It's the best way to start reading is read kids' books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. Whether it's whether it's picture flats or picture flat, you know, the sort mm. of thin ones with lots of pictures in and short stories that yeah. only last about, on average, 32 pages. I know my trade. <laughs> <laughs> um, but picture flats or, or those sorts of things, it's the best way to start reading again mm. because... It's incredibly important, not just the storytelling that you're having with your children, but it's it's about, you know, language, it's about emotion, it's about connection, it's it's about bonding. It's you know, you're reading a story that you find particularly funny. Um I mean I was terrible. I refused to read what I considered rubbish stuff to my son. There was a there was there was a TV programme about Ragdolls on a canal boat. Don't, uh, I don't yeah. know. Rosie and Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rosie yeah. and Jim. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Don't sing it. Don't sing it. Um, I never saw the never <laughs> saw the sued. TV program, but we had a book of the stories. It creeped me out, man. We thought it was great that there was a female character in a lead role in a children's book. Mm. Oh my god, she was a total cow. <laughs> <laughs> I really dislike this character, and so my my son used to announce to everybody very loudly, "Susan doesn't do Rosie and Jim." He was saying like this, so I'd go off and I found Morris Sendak and where the wild things are and wonderful stories like that. He was terrified of that book. I'm mm-hmm. really mean. And, but we we did a whole thing about you face your fears, you name them and they lose their power over you. Mm. So we had a whole series of all the monsters were named in where the wild things are. They all had silly voices and dances they did. I do, and, I do stuff like that. Well, it's, it's, and he, he, he said to his dad one night... <laughs> He said, "Well, have read me this one." And, and, and his dad said, "Well, you, you, I thought you were scared." No, it's all right. You have to do the voices and the names and the dances. And his dad said to me, "I've been doing <laughs> what you have you know? done?" But it's such a powerful thing to share the written mm. word. Yeah. And it's rubbish to say that kids don't love like books. They love. No, books. they love books. I've just they done love a, books. I've just done a an audition for a part an animated movie because I do like voice actors and things mm-hmm. like that so I, I it was it was, for, it was for Joker right so I'm doing this Joker voice and I thought I could sit and insult the guy for 20 minutes as the Joker but I thought let's be original so I got Oi Frog and I read Oi Frog <laughs> and like, I had to explain I was like I'm gonna do the frog as a French guy but not to be racist but because I think it sounds great if Jean Reno was having an argument with the Joker and so I did it uh, it's because it was one of our favourite books and it just, it just rolls They're off very, the tongue very very funny those yeah. very clever books actually yeah. very clever books yeah, yeah. Um, I always mention Oifrog. Whenever we talk about books and stuff. Oh, by the way, my, my series, uh, memorable series, is uh, is uh, Sharp 
by Bernard Cornwell. I oh, lo- my brother loves those. I love them. I've read every yeah. single one, cover to cover, yeah. and uh, I love them. I like them. the Anne McCaffrey Dragon books. I love those. <laughs> right. On. Anyway. Let's not get on a tangent. We could sit and talk about books, but we have a wig for job. Lit fast. Okay. This year's festival. Oh, actually, first of all, uh, number five here reads memorable moments I should follow my own plan really shouldn't I yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what out of the this is, this is year four yeah, yeah four, so yeah. when you think about this festival what are the, what's the most sort of memorable moments you can think of actually I mean there have been some phenomenal ones we've had some amazing talks there were two talks last year particularly um, I think because last year was the first time we felt as though we had a clue we knew what we were doing even though we were, it was our third festival um, <clears throat> and we had two talks one was by a food writer, um, a woman called Elizabeth Luard, who I've known of for a long time, but she's not. She's been dubbed sort of as the successor to Elizabeth David, who was kind of like the original French provincial cooking and all that sort of thing. Um, but I, God, I was struggling to give the tickets away. But so we ended up with a small audience of about I don't know seventeen people, and we were sitting in a semicircle. She was sitting on the edge of the stage, and we had it was it was the best. It was the best thing. We were just, she was engaging with us. We had the most amazing talk. And she talked about, you know, she'd spent a lot of time living abroad. Her work isn't about, she's not a chef. She's a food writer. So she would, the first book she wrote was a book called European Peasant Cookery, which is all about the food that people, and peasant in Europe isn't a dirty word, as it come mm. to be here it's about people who are connected with the land and who work the land and okay, so it's so all I, about yeah. the sort of mm. um the food that they actually eat not the food that she thinks or how she's interpreted the food that they eat it's about yeah. so she was talking about that she was talking about her life over but she was talking about the people she met she was telling funny stories and we the group of us actually bonded given that there weren't that many people there i i'd sold so many books at that event it was it was quite embarrassing i could have sold probably more um more far more books than i sold you know when we had 50 people in the audience um so there was there was elizabeth who was lovely and did us a little painting and because she's also an artist sent us a little painting of the square that's on our website it's not on our website it's on the facebook page um and then the last event was probably the most unexpected i think he was a poet and he'd done a poetic interpretation of um, parts of the Mabinogion, you know, the great Welsh tales of Welshness. I'm sorry, I don't know very much about the Mabinogion, um, other than it's a significant... It's a sort of significant work of sort of Welsh identity. Yeah. Um, and he kept saying to me, oh, well, it's just a reading, isn't it? I have the emails, and I, and I thought, I'm going to have to bite the bullet. And I emailed him and said, you know telling the story inside our our audiences as well as our committee are are as interested if not more interested in why you came to do this than what you actually did i said after all you don't want to read the whole book because you want them to buy it you know mm. i was being a bit yeah. so you want to sell some copies and so he did this incredible lecture because he is a university lecturer um and the audience were just they would they would Sometimes you got an audience and you think, God, they really want to go home, you can tell. But they were just hanging on every word. And at the end, he very quietly sort of went, thank you, when he finished. Questions? I had to shut him down. This was the last event we were due to finish around seven. The discussion was was actually really significant. I, I can't explain, but it was something deep. It was profound in, in, in a lot of ways. The audience went away and his wife came up to me afterwards and said, that is without doubt the best audience he's ever had. 
Fantastic. And I just thought, wow. And I, th- I felt exactly the same. I'd never seen any of his other mm. audiences, but Matthew was amazing. So, um, but all of them, all of there was some, you know, Amanda Scott last year, local, locally based um, writer. Amazing, amazing talk, amazing books. You get the most un- unexpected um, things. You never know what you're going to get. But I'm always fascinating listening to somebody talk about their work, um, yeah. listening to talk that about to, how they created. It, it's inspirational. Uh, you well, know, maybe is. help it's people just, to go out there and it's, create. It's their passion, and yeah. when people talk about their passion, it's quite hard not to get caught up in it. Yeah, Even it's if very I sat through years ago, I sat through. Um, a talk by the journalist, oh, Tony, oh, Anthony. Oh, I can't remember him. He's no longer with us. But he'd written a book about Basil Hume, the monk cardinal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just selling the books. I'd been asked to sell the books by a dear friend of mine who organised the event. Um, oh, God, I, wish I, could, I can still see him. I can still see him. She's going to murder me. It's funny me how much it happens on a podcast, isn't um, it, right? Yeah. But... I sold out of every damn book and we, we just, it was riveting. It was brilliantly delivered. It was a fascinating account of his process as well as about this person. Ditto um, Claire Tomalin talking about Thomas Hardy, <laughs> you know, um, Alexander Waugh talking about his father, you know, Auberon and his grandfather, Evelyn Waugh. I mean, it's gripping stuff when you hear, when you hear it. I, if you ever get a chance to go, even if you don't read it, go and listen. You can't. You won't come away unaffected. Mm. So I, I mean, can... the power of these authors at, at Litfest is, I mean, they love it, and they're most of them. You know, a lot of them are terrified, but you know, they love being able to share what they do, and they love to have people there listening. And it is nice so. talking about something that you're passionate about and something yeah. that you've done as well. Soon as somebody asks me about the podcast, I'm like, well, you're <laughs> in for a treat. Really? I wouldn't hit it well. I hit it well. <laughs> but, but no, that I mean, that's it. If you get people talking about their passion, you're talking about a thing that they've, you know, blood, sweat and tears. Yeah, over, yeah, yeah. Um, then it's going to be, I mean, I look at the list of people we've got coming, you know. I mean, when I say the festival is different, it's, you know, we do have everything from, you know, drag to cricket. They're not, don't yeah. often go in hand, you know. Mm. Um I mean, Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this year's festival. Um, when does it begin? Uh, 22nd of November. Got the not long to the 24th. So Friday the 22nd of November to uh, Sunday the 24th. So it's always the last weekend, the last whole weekend in November. Yeah, you've started off with a launch party. It's at six o'clock at Stop Cafe in the Stop Museum. Stop Cafe at the Museum, yeah. So they're very kindly hosting. They've hosted something every year, I think, and it's been... Um, they're really supportive. So yeah, they're we good like guys. You know, they're well guys. cool. But we needed really to. Cool yeah. I think the last couple of years we had events. We had the poetry cafe in there, um, which is where we get. Uh, we usually focus on a particular publisher and invite some of their poet poets in to share their work. But um, it didn't work when the cafe was open and people were wandering in from the museum and using the loo and all the old voiceovers but yeah, you know yeah. that's not that you know that's not their fault so this year we thought we'd do the launch there um, um, and we have a poet coming to that although this time he's going to be sharing part of his uh, musical storytelling work around Mary Webb so that's going to be rather nice so Roger's going to be doing that and then that's followed on the Friday evening by the utterly amazing Dean Atter um, who is a poet his first work, which is, um, and I'm not going to, oh, 
I'm not sure I can bring myself to say the entire title. I'm not sure I have the right, but um, I am nobody's N-word um, yeah. because it's, it comes from uh, around the around the sort of Stephen Lawrence, his reaction to Stephen Lawrence. Oh, yeah, I remember Basically that, yeah. saying he's a he's, um, mixed-race black yeah. um, poet and uh, gay and incredible. Uh, and we've, we were supporting his first novel for young adults this Fantastic. year. So it's the first venture away from purely an adult I was going to say, that sounds terrible to say in adult <laughs> um, books for grown-ups. Yeah. Um, so, but he's, and he's being supported by Jason N. Smith, who won last year's Poetry Slam, which is on the Saturday afternoon. It's our third Poetry Slam this year. Um, and Jason is also a poet. Um, and But he's got a lot of years' um, experience from within and not necessarily in the way one would assume with the criminal justice system and does a lot of work with that. So his work is very much informed from his early experiences. Uh, and he was, a, he was a you know, by yards, the winner of last year's Poetry Slam. Mm. Poetry Slam works on the basis that um, people apply to take, it was performance poetry, apply to take part. Um, and then... It's voted on by the audience. By um, it's fat. It's you've never been to a poetry slam. You need I to do go. Do you want to go? Because is it a little bit like a rap battle? <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. amazing. So by the claps and the cheers, sort of. So thing. it's sort yeah. of yeah, and you have they get points and and there's a winner. I've been I've been experimenting with poetry. Um, I saw my friend Tim Dawes. Oh, you, you should come to this. Yeah, I've been you should come to the slam. Any of the poetry events because you get we've got four poetry events. As say, Dean's book is in it's narrative verse, even though it's a novel. Roger is a poet very different kettle of fish the three young women who are performing at the poetry cafe and then there'll be 15 performance poets of varying style at the slam so there's a lot of really great poetry yeah. going on at this year's festival i did like three or four poems and i read them back i was like gosh i'm a narcissist <laughs> just write about myself i'm really bad <laughs> I say write about what you know best <laughs> uh, and then and then saturday saturday we start saturday. off we've got um tom george who's a musician and performer and writer from liverpool coming down he's running a workshop um on it's, I've, I've loosely called it for want of being able to think of anything better mindful writing it's about creating the space to allow your creativity yes. to, fo- to to flow so and that's important i think actually it because, is because know, it's difficult people, in this day and age i mean this, this, this notebook in front of me is filled with all sorts of stuff you know a lot of notes there but a lot of writing and allowing yourself time to write even if it's narcissistic tosh in my case yeah. um <laughs> that's okay you're never going to get to anything more creative if you don't just write every writer i know and and i have one in the family is just you just have to write you know it's write something even if it's rubbish don't judge it just write put words on paper or on computer screen whatever is your chosen medium but write. but this is about actually being able to free yourself up in in ways to 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 let to be creative. So what? that's a two-hour workshop on the Saturday morning. Um, that's I think it. it should be really Where's good. that Shrewsbury Central? That's Shrewsbury Central. That's on uh, the Baptist Chapel on um, Claremont Street by the market, by the car. Oh, parks. okay. Mm. So it's nice in there. Great coffee shop. Fabulous <laughs> cake. So you'll be able to nip out and get yourself a drink. And, um, and a cake. And a cake. Yes. So <laughs> cake. cake is the answer, the somebody bit. told me. <laughs> <laughs> cake. So we've got Tom. And then we've got Helen Pendry, who's from Huntleth. Um It's a debut novel called The Levels. And it's literally about um death well whales and the arms trade it's about you know this these people that end up being mistakenly killed by a military drone 
and it's where it goes from there. Uh, wow. I haven't read it. I've, it's on my list of things to read, but um, she's she's had some very very positive reviews. So um, so she's coming over from Huntleth for the day to share her book with us, which is great. Um, and then we have the phenomenal Katrina Davis coming up from Cornwall from her shed, her book Homesick, Why I Live in a Shed. Is, um, <laughs> you mentioned this to me in the shop. I did. I think it's going to be this. fascinating. She, it's, her, it's her story of her own personal housing crisis, yeah. about how she was hold, running, holding down three jobs, trying to afford a box room in Bristol in a house share and not managing it, um, feeling desperately homesick for Cornwall, which is where she grew up, um, and ended up living in a shed that, yeah. on her brother's... I think it's her brother's land, but it's also talks about how you know her own personal crisis is set against against the background of countrywide housing crisis yeah. um you know it's not so many months ago that i kind of hit me over the head that i spent a large part of 2017 with a roof over my head but at you know what's the word uh, it was at other people's grace so they oh, okay, i lived so there so i was basically like a sofa surfer <laughs> comfortably homeless for um over a year Bless you. and that's quite and at my age that's not funny and mm. there's people and i'm people infinitely worse off than me so i think that's going to be a really interesting um moving account no, of um there's there isn't a measuring tape when it comes to suffering um no, i think no, no, ev- right. just just because you know you're uh, there are you know people who might have in your perspective uh being worse uh, um situations doesn't make your suffering any less valid no no, no. Um, no i so appreciate that's, that that's, it's just that's, that's, that's but you know it's, it's a hard time a bit of perspective her doesn't yeah. hurt you personally so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's but, it's been that was a shock you know to think yeah. i never thought i'd ever be in a situation like that it was i was blessed with great people who looked after me and took me in but it was incredibly hard yeah i can imagine i mean we, again like you know, you kind of when you get to a certain point in life you you, you kind of get comfortable you think that it's not going to happen to you actually it could well, so you never think you're going to get that old when you're young you can kind yeah. of face a lot of stuff but but yes, it was it was yeah. interesting. Anyway, let's not talk about that. We could be here all night talking about my narcissistic. Whatever. No, it's not narcissistic at all. It's not at all. Anyway, then we've got the slam, which I've already talked about, and then probably I think it's going to be. This is kind of really different for us. So we, we decided we wanted to have a book, a sports book, but I didn't want just any old sports book. So, so, you so go, Mike Tyson. So <laughs> yeah, no, I value my ears too much. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. That's great. I love it. Um, so I happened upon this book um now vic marks uh who's a former england and sussex cricketer joined sussex on the same day as ian botham viv richards and peter roebuck and played for sussex played for england probably a more balanced less colorful um uh less sort of more should we say inward sort of character than ian and Mm. and viv but sort of he's now a um a journalist for the Guardian Observer. He is also a summariser on Test Match Special. And if you don't listen to Test Match, Test Match Special, you're missing out. It's one of the great <laughs> things of, of great things about radio. It's wonderful. It's a bit like the shipping forecast for me. Um, so he's going to be here. He's going to be talking. He's going to be in conversation with Tim Firth from Reakin College. Um, and it's going to be an evening of cricket. And cricket, you know, I think, is amazing sport. I, I just like. I'm not a big fan, but like. I've played. I, I, I've scored. I've watched. <laughs> cricket scoring is amazing. I used to do it on the big book with sort of like village cricket. It's it's an institution cricket. It's in almost it's, more than I think it's something you've gotta be you've gotta be 
Like, I think that's going to be worth listening to. I think whole, so. I think so. The whole um, so if anybody that's I suspect going to sell out quickly. There's a lot of interesting cricket in this county. You know, sort of so. Um, so anyway, that's some that's Saturday done and dusted. Yeah. And then we start Sunday morning with um, the inimitable uh, Karen Maitland, who's written a lot of um, novels, and Kate Innes, who's a local talent and is, um, I think, on her working on her third novel at the moment. But they they both like historic. They they their their genre is historic fiction. So we're hosting this at the library. It's the first time the library's um, um, actually been a part, actual part of the the festival in terms of a venue. Um, but their subject is research and the historic novel. You know, when, how much do you research? When do you stop and put the pen down and start writing? You know, put the books down and start writing. Yeah. So they're going to be talking about that. So that'll be an interesting one. But the library are also putting on, as part of that event, um, which is interesting because the library hosts the Ellis Peters collections. You know, Cadfile? Um, oh, yes, they have yes. this huge collection of stuff, of Cadfile and Ellis Peters related stuff that isn't really on view. So they're going to be putting on a small exhibition during that event. So if you want to see that, if you're a Cadfile fan, you need to come along to the event. So, okay, um, cool. so that's that. Then we've got the Poetry Cafe at um, the Greenhouse, which is. Um, Oh, gosh, where are you? Um, just on Milk Street above another cafe, Peabury's. They're opening up specially oh, for us on the Sunday morning. We've got three poets, Nellie Cole, Cooley Cully and Emma Pursehouse from um, Office Press, who, who um, showcase Midlands poets, the best of Midlands poetry. So they're going to be sharing their poetry at the Greenhouse Cafe, and you can come there and you can taste it. They also do good cake. Um, <laughs> we like cake. We and do great like, we coffee. Like cake. We do like cake. <laughs> um, Although then, at the moment, you keep getting all the cake, and I'm a bit annoyed about that. Well, you know. And then we've got um, uh, our, our latest arrival to the um, to the lineup is Jason Arnup, who is, um, uh, yeah, scriptwriter, novelist, journalist. He was a musical journalist. He's interviewed all sorts of amazing um, music acts. Um, he's written Doctor Who stuff. He's written Friday the 13th stuff. He's, wow. he's co-authored a book on Black Mirror. So he's a seriously um, <laughs> talented guy. Uh, slightly wacky if you look at his picture on the on the website. He's got some ice cream on the end of his nose. Why not? Why not? Whilst looking desperately serious. <laughs> um, so I think this is going to be really entertaining. Um, he's This book is, his um, I don't know, really, supernatural thriller, I think. Yeah. I think the punchline is you will never look at your mobile phone the same way again. Um, oh. So I think that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> and then we've got Alex Nathan from Bishop's Castle, who's, I spoke about earlier, the book about the guy who wanted to know how somebody would react to being shut away from everything for seven years um, for, the, for the whole princely sum of £50 a year for life. <laughs> £50 wouldn't last us a night down the pub. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, and then we we close with probably the one I'm most looking forward to hearing. I'm looking forward to hearing them all with Mike Parker. I was very fortunate earlier on this year in April to be invited by the publishers, um, Penguin, to go to the Red Hill where Mike lives, um, to visit the house, to visit the land, to see what he's writing about. Mm. Now, Mike and his partner, uh, Peridor, um, who is Welsh-born and bred in that area, again, near, near McHuntleth, so we're, we're getting, we're getting <laughs> a lot of Welsh bits going on here. Um, they, they moved, they, well, Peridor grew up there, Mike moved there, and they befriended um, an old couple um, called Reg and George, who were... Uh, in 2006, with the first gay couple, first civil partnership to take place in Huntleth, and Mike and Preds were there 
they're witnesses um, and they were friends and they just, but what happened is Reg and George left their house, Rugoch, the Red Hill, to Mike and Preds. <coughs> so they inherited this property with everything, everything. I mean, the documentation, the letters, the diaries, the photographs. <laughs> yes, everything was in the house. So having been there, you can see um, the photographs, you can see the letters and Mike... Um, he decided he had to write about it. So rather than just write about Reg and George, I mean, Reg and George were a couple 17 years, for 17 years before it became legal to do so. I mean, they died, I think, um, they got civil partnered in 2006. It was only a few years later. But so Mike has put together this incredible book about how this house, Hrugoch, the Red Hill, um, informed their lives. So it's a book about Welsh rural life because it's, in the middle of nowhere, this yeah, place. Yeah. It's quite beautiful. Um, <clears throat> it's also about how the seasons affect life living in rural Wales. It's also about how these four people, um, these four men, are just... So it's it's queer life in rural Wales. And, and it's just the most beautiful book. They were incredible people. Um, I can imagine. I love being there, and I'm really looking forward to hearing, hearing Mike talk about it. Mm. Um Wonderful, wonderful stuff. I think it's going to be a really fitting end. Sounds very moving. Sounds very moving. It, it's yeah, come along. So when I say different, we've got a lot of different stuff. Um, <laughs> not different I... in terms of you know whether you're disabled or black or things. Mm. Although those things are all important, and we do our best to have a diverse lineup. As but we wanted different content as well, and I think we've done that this year. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I said to you that I was going to go and try and interview a lot of these authors, but I realised it's quite actually going to be quite a lot it's of work. Yeah, um, but so what I've thought, what I've just thought of now is see if I can book that one day off on the twenty fourth, and then I will come and I will get to all the events and see if I can interview some people yeah. and we can give you some yeah. some post uh, yeah. festival sort of feel sort of thing. Um, where can people buy? It's like so, this is going to be a ticketed tickets, event um, on the website. If you click on any of the events, if uh, you go onto the website, uh, obviously on the homepage, there's a thing that says events. Click on that, and then if you click on the event, you can buy tickets from there, and that'll take you through to the online platform. There is a small fee um, for doing that, or if you don't want to do that and you don't mind driving into town and paying the parking, which is probably the same as paying the fee on the website, you can come into the shop, Penguin Books, and buy proper tickets. And a I like. Real tickets, <laughs> ticket stubs, and things like that. There, 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 there are people that prefer to. I have know, so paper, you can have crazy. proper tickets from Penguin Books, which is on Fish Street, um, just off off the High Street. So yeah, yeah, please do come. We people say, oh, can we get them on the door? Yes, you get tickets on the door. Not possibly for all the events, given how they're selling, but you know, we like it if you buy tickets in advance because we've got a sense of how it's going and that. That then informs our levels of panic. Um, <laughs> and how much cake needs to be ordered. And how much cake, or possibly beer or Prosecco, whatever one's poison happens to be, might be needed thereafter. So um, I've got, I've got, um, I'm going to ask you for a bit of advice, actually. Oh, um, scary. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> Not a medical consult, is it? <laughs> I've told you about this. this you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> it's swollen, though. Um, no, uh, I'm going to Comic Con at the weekend, and I've just had a, a press release through um, that the writers for the Alex Ryder books are going to be there. And I, I've never read, read any <laughs> of the. Alex Ryder, that's um, Horowitz, isn't it? Anthony Horowitz. It's. Um... 
yes. <laughs> just looked at him. Um, I'm going to be smug now and go, yeah. I know my trade. The next question, I'll fall flat on my face. Because <laughs> I've never read these books. I've never read these books. What do you ask an author? Because like whenever I get an author on here... Basically, well, he's asking, how do you wing it? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I want to... If I'm going to do this, because I've got to reply tonight, I think, uh, if I want to do this press conference, I'll, I will have a, a 15 minutes with him or them the the writers yeah. what do I ask them I've never read their books what do you ask someone like? well before you even get there I would google Anthony Horowitz Alex Ryder and see what you can find out yeah, Alex research, Ryder yeah. is um, there is a movie so if you probably can download that and watch that before <laughs> of the first one which is about a young basically the premise of the first story is about a young boy who teenager young teenager who's um, brought up by his uncle mm-hmm. um, who happens to be a super duper secret agent spy type thought, mm. um, ably portrayed very briefly in the movie by Ewan McGregor. Um, and <laughs> it's about how he finds this out and then he gets recruited. So he becomes a young spy. Um, so like James Bond. It's, it's, it's thing, a, yeah. Well, no, Charlie Higson wrote the young James Bond ones, but, um, but it's a similar sort of thing. They're, yeah. they're, they're very kind of gung ho and, yeah. and I mean, much loved. So I asked them about where the idea came from. Yeah, I'd asked them Good, about yeah. what made them want to write. Ask them about themselves. Yeah, ask them about themselves and their work. Okay, and you can't really go wrong. You've only got fifteen minutes. So yeah. <laughs> I would get, get your average author could talk. The reason I ask is because you know it's nice, to, like you said, you like to get inside the, the the creator's head. What does a creator? What does what does a writer like to be asked? You know. Well, you could ask them where did you know why this story. Yeah, why did you, yeah. You know, where did this story come from in you? Sort of, Watch you me. can quote Litfest if you like. You can say our local Litfest has the sort of underlying theme of telling the stories inside. So where did you find the story inside you? Yeah. Oh, that's That's great. quite an intelligent question. That was good. I must write that yeah, down. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> um, <you> know, <laughs> so, <laughs> High five. So, uh, um, yeah, yeah, it's just... Just... Just ask inquire. Just, okay, because that, that's that's all it is. Is like just what, you could what, ask them why, why writing. Why? I mean, he's done all sorts of things, Alex, um, Alex Horowitz. So, um, mm. right, yeah. yeah. Google the guy and find out about him. Who can we who can we thank for the the literature festival and who who are involved in sort of putting this together? Shout um, out. It's a small committee um, who sort of do the, the the grunt work. You know, book the authors, book the venues, yeah. do the risk assessments. Yay! Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, we try and, try and do the, the Twitter and PR, but we've got enormous support from our sponsors um, uh, in cash and in kind. Um, you know, six ticks. IT company that do did our website and do a lot of and just keep that going for us. They're brilliant. Brightstone, Sarah Ward at Brightstone PR, who does a lot of our PR. Um, Jane Shaw from JS Business Admin sorts out all our volunteers. She does a lot for other pe- other organisations. It's quite a, quite a big operation. And like then TCA, um, Bayfield Vehicle Hire, TCA um, Accountants, Bayfield Vehicle Hire, Centre of Integral Health. These are sponsors. These people give us money, which mm. we always need. So if anybody still wants to give us money, we'd be very grateful. Even though, <laughs> um, you keep on scrolling up. There's lots more there. Uh, Waste Morgan have supported us in the past. Uh, libraries are looking after us with events. Um, we had a grant from the council last year for which we're incredibly grateful. We ran out of time to apply for that this year. Um, yes, the Shrewsbury um, LGBTQ organisations have sponsored us every year, as have right here. The wonderful pen shop on the high street, Fluid Networks, telephone, Telephony, um, Seven Business Network, who are very dear to my heart, have supported us from the off. Um, so there's a whole 
great, you know, lovely. We've had um, Morris, Morris's have supported us. We've had, uh, oh, a new sponsor this year, company Private Finance. Actually, they supported us in our first year as well. And we're opening offices in Shrewsbury. So all sorts of different sorts of people. It, it oh, um, oh, I can't remember them. PC Net, um, another uh, hardware company who have sponsored us in the past as well. It just depends who I can get my hands on and ask, really. See, so I, if there are any volunteers out there for sponsorship for 2020, you know, just give me a call. You know, I'm in the shop. So it's, it's probably the hardest thing because it's, you know, money's tight for everybody these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're quite a small concern, but we still need to raise a reasonable amount of money to, um, to, to get this off the ground. We don't do it all on ticket sales yet. It would be lovely to be self-funding, but... You've got to have money up front. To, plus, you know, there are, there are businesses who support us in kind, you know. I mean, we wouldn't have a website without six ticks. Mm. Our volunteers would be all over the shop, fabulous as they are without JS Business Admin. Yeah, so, what you know. what things like this do is say, like, you set something up at the Hive. If people come into the Hive and they'll use the cafe there. They'll buy stuff. If you if you, mm. go, if you do things at Stop Cafe, people will buy ca- coffee and stuff. Yeah. So, like, these yeah. sort of festivals bring people in and they generate revenue for the it's town about, it's know? also it's it's about connection and oh this is going to sound really quite sort of it's about community as well because i could argue is this is this something that's really building toward community and i think it does bring people together it might inspire, it might inspire a new about writer storytelling and about and about the spoken word as well as the written word that actually connects people it's whether it's fictional non-fictional poetry it's it's a moving thing to listen to and you're connecting with those people and you meet people. It's just, yeah. I yeah. mean, we have a fabulous children's book festival in town as well who are moving on to great things and work huge amounts of work in schools and doing some, you know, book awards and things like that. Who've, and through them over the years, I've, I've listened to some fabulous children's writers. Um, there's something very special about it. There's something very special about being able to tell stories. And as long as we can, you know, enable people to, to tell the stories they have inside them, yeah. I'll keep doing it. I, I always talk about the the book that I've got. I've got like a... a Everybody's got a book. Uh, every, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to like, write first. You've, actually, the most important thing for anybody that wants to write is read. Yeah. You know, yeah. you won't... That's me a out. serious writer. Somebody, <laughs> somebody who's written, you know, they all read voraciously if Mike Tyson can write a book I'm sure you can he didn't he didn't write it (laughs) (laughs) there's still a book out there with Mike Tyson's name on it let's get an autobiographer for you I doubt very much autobiography then everybody anybody that he even so much as put pen to paper really so (laughs) but no it's a powerful thing these people do and I think it's wonderful. It's a it's a privilege, as far mm. as I'm concerned, to be able to listen to them and to sell their books. And you're doing a great service for the town because, like, like I just said, um, this might inspire mm. someone to go out and do something themselves. Like you know, and I like I really appreciate anybody who does that. So, well done for doing Pleasure. that. Shrewsbury ShrewsburyLitFest.co.uk. Um, check out the website, guys. Uh, it's really good. It is a good website, actually. It's very, very, very fluid. Um, it's everything you need to find out there, including your tickets. You can subscribe there, etc. Um, it's really good. Um, what about Penguin? We're, we're, we're on Fish Street, right? Penguin Books on Fish Street, which is uh, just... 
it's the high street end of Fish Street. So you, at the other end, you've got bare steps, and halfway down, you've got the three fishes. Whenever I say I'm on Fish Street, I go three fishes pub, and they go, "Oh, yeah, I know that, just yeah, down yeah. from there." <laughs> so um, it's a lovely. It's my favourite part of town around Fish Street and St Altman's and all around. Fish there. Street is just it's just a dream. It's a lovely. Little it's just a, it's a very odd place because you you're walking through Fish Street and you just, you just feel high like Street, and then you come up High Street, and there's this almost rural <laughs> feel as you wander up there with. But I mean, I've had squirrels running past and birds on the doorstep. <laughs> it's bizarre at times, but it is a lovely, lovely part of town. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, one, it's 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 a little oasis in the middle of town. Mm. So um, come visit. I do great coffee. It's <laughs> usually cake. So cake, cake, cake. Um, <clears throat> final question before we get out of here. Okay. Uh, what does Shrewsbury mean to you? This is always a Shrewsbury. What does Shrewsbury mean to me? Um, shut in the face. Yeah. I will have been here at the beginning of December. I moved up here on about the 2nd or 3rd of December, 1980. I'm old. And, um, <laughs> and I came for 10 months. Yeah. I had another job to go to. I already had a job. I was going to Chester. I was going to do my midwifery training. I was a nurse. Um... And then that got bumped for six months, and um, I ended up not going. And as I say, I came here in 1980 for 10 months, and I've been here 39 years this year. So it's my home. I've lived here for over two-thirds of my life. Um, no, not quite two-thirds of my life, but I've been here for all of my adult life, virtually. Um, it's my home, and uh, I have great networks, great friends, good business, um, yeah, although my family is a bit too far away for likings, and some of them are a lot further away than the ones that live in the UK. Um, it's where I live. Um, I didn't intend to stay here, but I've been here, and I can't imagine me living anywhere else. Fantastic, mm. that's beautiful. And your shop is on one of the most beautiful streets <laughs> in the world, never mind Shrewsbury. Um, <laughs> and do you know what? I do encourage people to do pop into Penguin Books because it's a nice, friendly little shop. And if you ask nicely, she might put the kettle on. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I, yeah, went, if you we buy went, a cup of tea or coffee, and I'll happily put the kettle on. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee shop pays my rent, so I come in and buy a cup of coffee. Yeah, so go in there, have a look. You can, that, that wasn't, that wasn't, that was a, that was, no, buy the coffee. Yeah, buy the coffee. Yeah, right buy now. the coffee. Look, I got go. a free one. <laughs> Biscuit business and all that. Yeah. Um, yes, fantastic. Thank you Thank very, you. very much for coming on. Uh, um, Sh- Shrewsbury Festival of Literature. Wait, you finally managed to get it yeah. right. Yeah. Well done, Al. I am the pod king. I am the pod king. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Have you got anything to add, Shane? Um, no. No. I'm actually really excited for it. The only problem is, for me, that is actually my lad's birthday weekend. So I might see if I can drag him out to one of them. You sort your priorities out, mate. Maybe priorities. Lad? He'll be four. <laughs> so get him in the back of the slam yeah he'll <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> be alright yeah like the cheering and the clapping uh, but um, if, if I do if I can't make it I'll be definitely be there in spirit anyway mm. I'll try and get to one of the days that'll be nice um, but mm. yes okay. uh, thank you very much thank you for very doing... much for having us on no this has been great no I've really enjoyed it we like talking about stuff like this um, Is anything else you want to add uh, anybody you want to show literature 22nd 24th of November get your tickets hashtag <laughs> soon if you like this episode thank you very much it's been fun <laughs> that's cool uh, if you like this episode make sure you give it a share tell your friends about it because that's the only way we grow and yeah. uh, we will catch you guys next week yeah yeah man we will thank you very much guys and peace out peace out <laughs>